Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her by 10 Forward 29. Hell yeah! Where we will be doing a broad overview of the first season of Star Trek Prodigy. <gasps> Bigger hell yeah! Yeah! So it's 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 Prodigy, the amazing story of a bunch of kids that find a Starfleet vessel and shenanigans ensue. If you haven't watched it yet, don't listen because we're gonna talk about all of it in broad terms. Spoil every yeah, moment of it. Very spoilery. Everyone yeah. dies. And here and but but here, before you tune out, here's <laughs> here's here's the headline. Watch it. Yeah. Just watch it. Like, if you like Star Trek, if you're listening to this podcast, presumably you like Star Trek, maybe you dismissed Prodigy as like, oh, it's a kid show. I don't want to watch Nickelodeon. Blah. Just watch it. Yeah, watch, watch it, it and then you listen to us. It. A star no steer her by. No one was more ready for this to be a fucking disaster than me. Like, yeah, I think you were. You were even like more critical, more had lower expectations of it than I did. Yeah, I'll even go so far as to say, like, give it like three or four episodes, because the first two episodes, I wasn't quite sold yet. It took a few episodes for me to really get into it, but, but we'll talk about all that. description of it I heard was, I think someone on Star Trek ship posting said this. Either way, this wasn't me. I saw this online. A bunch of people are trapped in Star Wars, find a Federation ship, and escape to Star Trek. Yeah. I love yeah, that. I would agree. I, yeah, because that was my thought. On the first couple episodes when they were in the prison. Yeah, like, why have this be Star Trek? Why not just have this yeah. be a generic sci-fi show or a Star War? Mm. Yeah, because, like, even even some of the characters, I'm thinking of uh, Jimmy Simpson's character. Oh, there, the, the Dreadnought. Dreadnought. I was like, that's just... That's just general grievance. That's just, an, that's just general grievance. <laughs> general again. grievance. It, it, the, the helmet vaguely looks, well, the head, rather, looks vaguely like uh, Ralph McQuarrie's early Vader concepts, mm. too. Like, I feel like, in a way, they very purposefully made the villain look like something out of Star Wars. Yeah. And I don't know if that was, like, an effort to reel in kids, to have more alien-looking stuff. I'd like to think it was just to make fun of Star Wars. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, th I think it sets it apart from other Star Trek as well, because this is a series in which effectively none of the characters are human. And that's yep. refreshing as hell. Yeah. The most human character we have is a hologram. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I don't know. I give I give a lot of credit for just it just makes it a more interesting story because the characters in intention and in personality like they have very human qualities whilst also being alien. So it allows you to see in other types of people like empathetic traits. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess Dal is technically kind of, uh, part of him's human. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, they started with a human, and then they fucked it up. Spoilers for season one. <laughs> well, like, we already warned them. Yeah, I know, I'm joking. But yeah, no, I remember when they, you know, back in the day when they were announcing a thousand Star Trek projects at once. Yep. One of them was like, oh, and Prodigy. I'm like, what the fuck's that? A children-focused CG animated Nickelodeon series. And yeah, I was just with like, this ragtag group of, of misfits on a ship. <laughs> Well, well, they didn't even reveal that until much later, so I ah. thought it was going to be like, I don't know, like a bunch of fucking cadets or something obnoxious. I was expecting like, you know, cool teens with like mm. whatever a 40-year-old man thinks a teenager talks like now and bad spiky haircuts or something. So, so Lower Decks? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think also uh, when that when it was first announced, it was unclear what age group they were going to be. Yeah, it was targeting. just generally kids. And since it's on Nickelodeon, like I associate Nickelodeon with like nine and under. Well, is it on Nickelodeon or is it on? It Paramount is now Plus? on Nickelodeon. Oh, is it okay? So yeah, I, I, I was I was unclear if it was just like like Nickelodeon branded 
if Paramount I re- Plus. If I recall, the initial idea had actually been that it would premiere on Nickelodeon. Oh, then, then they have, flipped it. Yeah, yeah. It was a they they ended up having a premiere on Paramount Plus and go to Nickelodeon later. But originally, it was going to be the other way around. I think. Hmm. But yes, it has since premiered on Nickelodeon itself as well. Um, I wonder. I wonder how well this show has done with its target demographic because I know a lot of grown-ups that really like it, but I, I do wonder if if kids are watching it. Yeah, I'm I not, hope I, so. I, I think yeah, it's, I think it would make a, a great entry point into Star Trek because it's also it, it relies very very little except for one episode, which we'll discuss on pre-existing canon in any way. Really, like mm. you can step in without much knowledge of Trek and get it. it. It does feel like it, it. What's good, and this thing is, I even worried it was going to be a because I always like to make this distinction when discussing things. Is like far too often stuff that's billed as like for family audiences, quote unquote, is like it's for kids, mm-hmm. like in the most obnoxious way possible. But occasionally there's a dick joke, but like you know, coded heavily. Oh, okay. Not, I was going to say, the dick coat jokes are for kids, too. The, the um, original Shrek was the perfect example of family entertainment done right, in my opinion. I feel like Tr- Shrek was very crude. I don't, I don't think yeah, Shrek was good for kids. It was a little less coded, yeah. They, they were supposed to be for families, but I think they kind of fucked up. But yeah, like a lot of stuff that's billed as family stuff is actually, it's mostly for children. Occasionally there's a coded blue joke for adults as like, I'm sorry about this. Like, I feel like an actual... Family things should be watchable by and enjoyed by the whole family. And I think this largely nails that. Like, it, it feels like if, you know, you want an adult who's a Trek fan to be like, here is my gateway drug to finally get my kid into Trek because I tried showing them TNG and they were confused mm-hmm. by Deanna's hair or well, something. Well, that's their fault for having dumb children. <laughs> but yeah, this, this feels like a really good, because again, I think the adults can enjoy it and the children will enjoy it on its own merits. Yeah, and I mean, and it is uh, still a kids yeah. show. Like, like the it, there's moral lessons and messages and things. Yeah, they, they spell it out through. a couple of times more clearly than they would if it were an adult show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, I, you know, it's not as egregious as it could be by any stretch. Sure. We're, we're not yeah, watching no, Peppa Pig. No, no. We're not even watching some 80s cartoon that would, you know, end every episode with the hero narrating... A summary of the of the lesson in case you missed it. Yeah, and like our heroes are not perfect. Oh, that, uh, that's I mean, great. Like Dahl in particular is kind of shown to be obstinate and you know foolhardy. Over, yeah, exactly. Like he's very overconfident, so he he makes a lot of dumb decisions, which is like goofy and kid stuff, but also kind of humanizes him yeah it's room to grow as well and even in this seat in the first season we see a lot of growth because they're kids and they have they have this room to grow naturally built in yeah yeah and we were actually discussing that with the with the finale we're like how old are they supposed to be i think it it varies it varies amongst them like someone on i think shit posting or some somewhere asked how old is zero because as a Medusan, their yeah. their race is fairly unknowable. But from a flashbacky scene we see of Zero in the past, they seem to definitely be one of the younger floaty wispy things. Yeah, they're smaller. They're smaller. Yeah, but we also don't know how Medusans age. So yeah, it could be I, like it could be a Baby Yoda situation where it's like you know by their species standards they are physically and mentally immature, but they're like one hundred and fifty. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and I assumed that, like, Dahl and Gwen both seem like teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock is, like, a child child, I think. Like, un- like 10 or something. Yeah, well, and certainly her actor is actually a kid. Oh, yeah, and yeah. she's excellent. Like, yeah. how often do you hear really good child voice actors literally mm. never before usually <laughs> it's an adult pretending to be because it's a voice actor you don't get to see who's yeah. who's voicing this person usually yeah. it's an adult who can put, like make a voice that sounds like a kid like you know yardley smith in the simpsons right and it's usually all women because women play women and women play boys yep yep uh, well they like actually, nancy cartwright from the simpsons yes yep. 
Am I correct in remembering that the Hey Arnold cast were largely actually kids? The, I do not know, to be honest. I think if be. if so, they were really good, too, for the huh. most part. But yeah, I you think, just don't I think get the it cast of uh, that ABC, I think it was ABC, uh, Recess, did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, no, Recess that was, was a little, little after was, my... It was it was after my time too, but I remember I think I read it on Reddit or something that they were because one of them died recently. Oh, oh that's and sad. Were, and they were very young. I know, like um, a lot of the original, heck, I think right up through like the eighties and nineties, a lot of the the peanut specials used actual children. Mm. Oh wow! Uh, I know, like famously, like I want to say it was Charlie Brown Christmas. One of the kids literally couldn't read yet. Oh no! Oh wow! So, an Did adult they dictate Sally, the lines? Yep. I think it was Sally. Maybe, yeah. They say so yeah, an adult would tell them the line and then they would repeat it. The, oh, that um, must have been rough. <laughs> yeah. Also in the peanuts, the, the teacher character was actually played by a trumpet. Yes. <laughs> but no, um, I, I know that like even uh one of Fergie's early gigs was playing Lucy? I think Sally in Sally? one of the later specials. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, no, Rock. That's a particularly good actor. Yeah, <laughs> Rock's good. And then I think the only one who might actually be an adult adult is Jankum, who, like, there's no indication of what his age really is, but he was the he was like the assistant engineer on a... He was an apprentice, a, he yeah, said. But, he but was probably still. at... I, I'd probably put him in, like, a teen work training kind of a thing. See, I think I think he's just, like... In his 20s. That's the thing. It's like, a, you think he's a kid, but he might just be short. <laughs> yeah, I think he it's might just, just be a diminutive adult. Certainly um, he's got, I think, probably the oldest voice actor of the child character. Yeah, probably. The, the, the yeah. lead characters, I should say. Because even oh, like, yeah, I yeah. know, while they're not actually kids, all the other characters are certainly voiced by much younger actors. Yeah. yeah. And also, we, right. we also find out oh, in the Murph. show. Oh, yeah, oh Murph, right. True. Ones that speak. Because <laughs> Murph is Frank Welker, right? Uh, Morph is D. Bradley Baker. Ah. What were you going to um, say, Jake? I was going to say, Jankum, we find out, is actually, oh, yeah. like, hundreds of years old, because... He was in stasis. He was on a sleep... He was in stasis on, like, a sleeper ship, like, a pre-warp sleeper ship. Pre-warp, pre-federation. Yeah. Like, he woke so, up into the weirdest world for him. Right. That, that, I think we brought this up once before when an episode involved a sleeper ship, but how much would it suck to wake up from a sleeper ship... And then they're like, oh, yeah, we developed the fuck out of warp. So, like, your entire mission was kind of rendered pointless while you were I asleep. I know. We yeah. can now do what you did in a, in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I was reading or hearing on the radio. I might have talked about this before, but there's, like, this idea in futurology, I guess, or whatever, that if you don't have the technology to get someplace within 50 years, it's not worth doing it because the chances are that better technology will be invented within those 50 years means that so let's not that, go to mars well no you because you can get to mars in like you know six months or something is it that but, fast now well i don't I oh don't i see know. what you're talking about now i get it i'm saying like if you can't like if the tr if the travel time to like say you know alpha, alpha centauri, centauri yeah ah. where yeah right now it's like thousands of years or something right I, I don't even know how many years it is at our current level of technology but it's well over a human's lifetime so yeah if you can get that down to like 50 years somehow through technology or whatever then yeah it's worth going but until then don't just bother. wait yeah yeah and with with that in mind you know technology a bit of a segue i don't know exactly when this takes place in the star trek timeline but they've got quantum slipstream working yeah, I think they've I think they've kind of established it because I think it's some actually it's, it might be right here on the Prodigy page that I have ah. up. Oh God, I can't find it quickly. I think it's a, a certain number of years after Voyager has gotten home. Yeah, it seems like somewhere between Voyager and Picard. Yeah, it's definitely pre-Picard, but it's it's I'm just a little vague on exact. Like I don't know if it's say been as long in the real world as it has been since the end of Voyager, or if it's less time than that. But yeah, they got quantum slipstream working. And Five years after Voyager's return to Earth. That wow! That's spoiler. Voyager's going to return to Earth. Oh God! I'm sorry. Oh, no. I ruined Voyager for everyone. <laughs> so it hasn't been that that long. From yeah, it's it's. I think of the yeah. Wow. So yeah, they got that working. The protostar itself is some kind of crazy new warp. And beautiful, fucking mm -hmm. beautiful. The Kazon have apparently become just fucking human traffickers. But well, yeah. we also see them just around other places too. We see them yeah. pick, like pick, like popping up here and there. Yeah, yeah. 
and and yeah, I gotta I gotta say, uh, of all the new sort of Trek series, uh, some of the best ship porn. Tell us yeah. more. Uh, well, I do mean, I dare? Well, <laughs> just in in so far that like there's just a lot of good looks at ships. Um, yeah, like I think the protostar in particular. Go yeah. back and and check out our blog activity when we discussed ship design. I think when we got to the the protostar, we basically all just said, "Oh." That's yeah. a pretty ship. It is. But yeah, it's like, so like, shiny. Like, Discovery gave us that whole fleet in its premiere, but you don't get a great look at most of it. That's which true. Is too bad. Discovery doesn't give you a good look at ships that often, which is a shame, because if you look at, like, models and, and pictures and stuff, there's some really interesting and good designs there that they don't let you take a look at. Mm. Um, and this one, I mean, it's not bringing a ton of new ships to the table, but its fleet at the end puts... Oh, God. Spoilers for Picard season one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But oh, the cut the, and paste fleet. <laughs> that piece of shit fleet, which is just the same ship a thousand times. And yeah, like, again, were there a lot of different models in the fleet at the end of season one of Paranji? No, but there was still more variety. You got a great look at some of them. They brought back the fucking Centaur class, which in the <laughs> real world was a goddamn Excelsior kit bash. I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? You know, you've got Sovereign classes everywhere. You've got some Akira, maybe a Steamrunner, couldn't tell. You know, like all the tried and true models. And then the fucking Centaur. I do not know who on the production team was like, let's have... And there were like seven of them or something. <laughs> Whoever's like, let's have a shitload of those is my goddamn hero. I don't um, know. If there's no Freedom class, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Defiant. The Defiant. Oh, wow. Did it actually... Wait, I missed that it was the actual Defiant. Yeah, there's <gasps> one moment where you can pause... And get a look at her hull. It's the Defiant. Who would be say, flying that? We asked ourselves the same I'm gonna thing. I'm going to say Nog. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. What did you say? I don't know. I, th I don't think... I don't think Nog would be a captain by Well, but he could still be on it. He could be on it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we were talking about that. We're like, well, now that we know it's only five years after the end of Voyager, so it's not that long after the end of DS9 either. Like, as far as we know, the only major characters that were definitely still on the station at the end were Julian and Dax, as far yeah. as Starfleet personnel go. Right. I can't and imagine for this very Starfleet-specific mission they'd necessarily have Kira along for the ride. Well, I also, I mean, there's tons of precedent for ships to get new crews all yeah. the time. So, yeah. like, you know, it happened, the Enterprise, the original Enterprise obviously had had multiple captains and crews, and... The Excelsior had multiple captains and crews. Yeah, but we're just, you know, spitballing if it was still based off of DS9. It's actually Morn. Nah. <laughs> I was going to say, that, let's bring back Argyle. You don't get a look at it, but apparently I did see a, an article where one of the uh, one of the animators did say that one of the many Sovereign classes we see is the Enterprise. Mm. Oh, wow. Yep. And you actually see the Sovereign. The, oh, the only yeah. Sovereign class they really get a close look at is the USS Sovereign. Oh, nice. That's and another good-looking ship. Rather, like the Excelsior, has been updated from an NX registry to an NCC registry. Wait, look at that. Who, who would be flying the Enterprise at that point? No fucking clue. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah, because what, I mean, what, just Picard doesn't re retire at the end of Nemesis, does he? Or no, like, no. He's, so he could still be Picard. It could still point. be Picard. Riker Actually, Troy, probably... It, probably is because we don't necessarily know where this is in relation to nemesis because nemesis happens after voyager returns to earth because oh, it has that's right. in it. they are right so this could be before or contemporaneously with nemesis for all we know that, yeah that's true that's true and it's also definitely that's not only before picard but it's far enough before picard that romulus still exists <laughs> yeah you're right mm -hmm. so yeah it could very well be picard Again, Riker oh, yeah, and, and Troy. And their synths. <laughs> yeah. If it's post-Nemesis, Riker and Troy are off on the... The uh, Titan. Thank you, the Titan. Jordy could still be the chief engineer. Yeah. I would guess it's probably post-Nemesis. Probably. But probably only a couple of years. Actually, it, it must be, because there's new uniforms. Well, there's new mm. uniforms with every series, sometimes even overlapping with other series. Yes, that this is, is true. True. Like, it's always jarring to me in Lower Decks, and here we are in Lower Decks Corner, as we often end up in, 
when they have their own uniforms and then they'll be visited by someone from Deep Space Nine or someone from TNG or somebody, someone else walks, Tom Paris walks in and he's in the other uniform and you're like, and you're, I just want to think about like, why are there multiple overlapping uniforms between that, different ships in different places? But that is actually, that, weirdly, that could happen in real life. When militaries roll out new uniforms, they don't do it across the board. Well, apparently they, they don't do it to, no, they don't make it required for everyone anyway. Well, yeah. I also wonder, because I'm thinking, and I'm probably thinking too much about it, but no. uh, that <laughs> even in even in the real-life military, sh- different types of ships with different purposes mm. may have different uniforms. Thinking of, like, a submarine crew might wear different uniforms than a battleship crew. and Yeah, well, you I, know. I think that it even sort of the idea had originally been, like, oh, the DS9 uniform is different because they're a station, Mm-hmm. But then at some point, there's an ah, fuck it, that's just the new uniform. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, so I'm thinking, because, like, it's just fairly well established in Lower Decks that the the California-class ship, which is the kind that they're on, is, like, a very specific duty ship. Like, they do the, the second contact. Yeah. Which is I, I did keep an eye out. Silly, I, but... I, again, it's not exhaustive, but I didn't see any California class in the last fight, but there could have been. I thought you, trust me, you don't want them in a fight, <laughs> seeing how they get their asses handed to them pretty pretty yeah. readily. Well, Jesus Christ, that fleet. So, so let's, let's go through it. You just barely recover from the Battle of Wolf 359 and the Dominion War happens. You just barely recover from the Dominion War and this happens. Right. It's like, no wonder by the time Picard rolls around, they've just made a thousand of the same ship and are like, leave mm-hmm. us alone for a while. <laughs> we can't even use our synths anymore, sad yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. But the characters, we haven't talked about them too, too yeah, much yeah. yet. They're all, they're all fairly interesting in, in different ways, too. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes without saying that Rock is the best one. Love her. Mm. Love her so much. Yeah, like, I think probably she's my favorite. Zero is a close second. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they brought back a Medusan. And like I said, yeah. like, they brought it back. They brought the Medusans back in a way that also... It makes full sense for their race. You don't yeah. really have... You don't have to have seen Is There in Truth No Beauty because not a lot even gets established aside from the you can't look at them or they go or you go nuts. Yeah. But Zero is so interesting, even though we don't know how old they are particularly, sure. But they have that sense of, of curiosity and they yeah. want to solve puzzles all the fucking time, uh, which is just endearing. And they're just oh. like so kind. And one last tangent, this is actually what made me think about the whole ship thing to begin with. Oh, good, the ship thing. The We're Medusan, back to this. The Medusan <laughs> ship is the oh, same yeah. design they made for the remastered version of TOS. Hmm. Yeah, so they're they're keeping consistent. Yeah, I don't they, remember seeing a Medusan ship in TOS. It, it, again, it's only in the remastered version. Oh, and I, wow. It's apparently, like, you know, really brief. <laughs> oh, I bet. Mm. But yeah, Zero's great. Del, Del grows on you. He does. Uh, like I know I know people say he's the most annoying character at the beginning, and that's and that's with purpose. That's the point. So that yeah. that is so that you can see the difference by the end of the show. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're sitting there, you're like, all right, as long as this kid grows, I'm okay with this. And he does. Like if he had just been that throughout, this show would have been trash. Yeah. He would have yeah. ruined it. But he got an arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his character's backstory, like, you, it gives you some feels. Because I remember when we discussed, um, is it in Dr. Bashir, I presume? Mm. Why the fuck do you blame the augment for what their parents, or in this case, faceless Assume, scientists? <laughs> That's the one thing I could have done done without. Like, God, yeah, is it like a law that every new track has to somehow connect to the Sung family? Yep. It definitely is. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I bet, like, I don't know what devil Brent Spiner made a deal with, but <laughs> put me on the phone with this person. <laughs> Like, like, how has he managed to get himself into every single trek? Yeah, has, has he made it? Has, he hasn't made it into Discovery or Strange Worlds yet, yet. But uh, yeah. Oh boy! And although I don't think he ever appeared in an episode of Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Nine visited him. Yeah, Deep Space Nine so visited there's still him. Still, a still a kind of a connection. Um, Deep and Space I don't, Nine visited him. There's that episode where Bashir. Is like on board testing some equipment, but it's an episode of TNG. It's oh, uh, it's oh, birthright. Right, 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 it's right, in right, birthright. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Jankum, who I feel is, I feel like is sort of a mixed re- reception from all of us. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, he grew on me more, or maybe he just became less obnoxious over time, but I don't know. Yeah, the, the character's not my favorite. I think <laughs> of- when you see his backstory and you kind of get it, you get that he has gone through an interesting and, and unique yeah. kind of trauma Yeah, that he makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, oh, he always refers to himself in the third person because he has gone insane. Yeah. Because of an evil robot. <laughs> that robot was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of feel like I liked Jankum a little bit more after that backstory episode. But then the last three episodes, he was so dialed up to 11 that I was like, all right, <laughs> Jankum, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, I think, you know. He is always at maximum Derek. Yeah, he is. He's mm-hmm. the, yeah. Derek. <laughs> maximum Derek? I, I, oh, you haven't seen, seen Good, Good Place. Place. Yeah. No, not yet. I'm sorry. It's on the very, very long That's list. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Maximum and, uh, Jankum. <laughs> and uh, Murph. Yeah, Murph, who, Murph who like, I liked, I, li- I, I'm not sure I like bipedal Murph as no. much as I liked slug Murph. I you know who, you know don't. who, Todd, Todd, I, I can't tell how sat- sentient or sapient Murph is because mm. Jesus Christ. But you know who he reminds me of as a toddler-sized thing is I don't know if you guys have this reference. Young Colin Robinson from What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> Still have only seen the movie. I'm afraid. Oh, oh, oh the show is so good. I know. I've only seen the film. It, the show okay. is fantastic. I'll never ruin anything except that. that soon. I mean, um, you just got to watch it for for Matt Berry. Oh, I love oh, yeah. Matt so Berry. I love Matt Berry. I actually. I read a rumor that made me very, very sad the other day that uh, Tom Bombadil might be appearing in season two of Rings of Power. Oh, no. And the only actors I would accept. Oh, my God. Matt Berry would be fucking amazing as Tom Bombadil. Him and Brian Blessed are the only actors I will accept as Tom Bombadil. Um, Well, I'm afraid you're probably not going to get your wish, but Matt Berry would be perfect. He would. God, even I would want to watch that, and I hate Tom Bombadil. Or at least just his scenes. Tom Bombadil, that's where I got to in the first fucking Lord of the Rings book, and I went, you know what? I'm fucking done. <laughs> I've seen the movies, I'm all set. Yeah, I'm glad Peter Jackson cut him. But that's what we're here for. What we're here for is Murph. Trying to figure out just what the hell Murph is, because they try to get Murph into Starfleet, even yeah, well, though no, no, no. I think he's, he's the... in Starfleet. Well, he's he's in the, the warrant... Officer, officer training pro, like yeah, the, he's whatever they J- Janeway's underling. That caught yeah. me off guard. I was like, wait, wait, Murph was trying to get into the academy too. I think he's a toddler. I don't is think he? he's. I don't think he has passed any 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 levels of, of May, uh, wait, hold on. May, development yet. Maybe he's like that. Maybe he actually has, and he's just like that that guy that couldn't speak English or couldn't the translator couldn't keep up with from Think Tank. <laughs> maybe maybe Murph is just so far advanced. I'm going to doubt it. But no, Murph, it, here's the thing. Murph just went through like a larval phase. So Murph probably is quite young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's there was a some baby. There's some pupating going on. Is Fine. he going to do it again and become a butterfly? <laughs> a beautiful butterfly? Oh, yeah, I bet you in season two, maybe he'll have another stage. I, 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 I give it a bit. Bipedal Murph's design grew on me. Uh, I still want to know them. I still want to know how that deedly bob floats, though. Mm. <laughs> Magnets. <laughs> ah. How, the fuck how do, do they, they work? work? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that yeah. was probably the biggest surprise of the finale. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa Murph is trying. What? Hold on. That's what that's what I said. I, I think I said the exact same thing when we were watching. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. They fuck, thought, oh, okay. five of you are going. I'm like, yeah, all of them. And then Murph was their Murph's pet, their, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Murph. Oh, actually, I have a note about Murph. Let me find it. Find it. Find it. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, okay. it says here he's fucking adorable. Oh, <laughs> that is what I wrote. Oh, I also wrote, so the writers originally added him as a joke when Dahl finds a semi-sentient blob joins, joins the crew. And it was supposed to just be a one-time, like, oh, that's kind of funny because it's blob. But they loved the idea of having what they called a dog-type character that the kids would enjoy, that they just decided to develop him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's wild. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's again, it's 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 a great show, but being as it's it's a kids show, there's certain trade-offs, and I think those trade-offs are you have Jankum, who I compare mostly to like a Jar Jar Binks character. Ouch. Um, yeah, Oof. I know. 
that's a bit of a low yeah, blow. That's for really Jacob. rough. Even I'm sorry, but like, I, that. like that's kind of. I mean, he he's mostly there for goofy jokes. But he's, he's slightly he's, more useful than. I was say, he is at least a competent engineer. Yes, Very. exactly. He he's like if Jar Jar was less Jar Jar, but mm. same ballpark. And competent then Murph, Jar Jar. And then like Murph, who again would have worked as a dog, you know, as a semi sentient dog that can help out around the house, but now will just be like in Starfleet for some reason. Well, but again, although- that's like kid show stuff. Once Murph, uh, you know, went to their next stage, apparently did develop an interest in lip syncing. That was funny. That uh, was pretty, pretty funny. I, I got to admit, there was a part of me that kind of wanted Vic to be there. No. Mm. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I don't think Prodigy needs gags like that. I don't think it needs no, references like Lower Decks lives on references. And every time there was a reference in in Prodigy, I was like, oh, but our kid's gonna get that. Like when that girl who frees Janeway from the brig is says like, I was one of those people from that episode that we watched recently and I've forgotten the name of. Yeah. Remember me? It's like, I, just, have one, be, just have her have ethics and free you. That, that was an interesting thing, yeah. I was like, oh, that's Wow, that's, I mean, maybe, especially because we happened to just watch that episode, it was like, <laughs> oh, wow, look at that. Whereas if I hadn't seen it in years, I'd have been like, that episode was it? Yes, um, It just seems like sort of random, randomly thrown in there, you know? A little, but, I, you know, again, maybe it's an attempt to really, it's like, all right, now we've got the children, let's really get them. Now they're going to have to watch mm. that episode of Voyager. <laughs> yeah, I would say the the one, like canon tie-in that i was thinking about this that i'd be like this would be this would be both good for the show and good for the characters and i would also like to see it from a fan service perspective they gotta get bashir in season two as like mm. a mm. mentor figure for doll as a fellow augment yeah kind of cute that could be a good way to do it especially if you know if they do it in such a way that like he could just show up and be like so yeah i'm an augment too and that's all the kids need no no Let's not do that. Let's bring those fucking nut jobs from Deep Space Nine. Oh god, Let's are we gonna Patrick have a sing along? And Jack and Susan, or no. whatever name was, and whatever the whore's name was, just bring them all. <laughs> At least if they have to do that, can CG Admiral Patrick wear better clothes? Nope. No, no more. Nope. Bitch They're gonna make him look like a Patrick. like a goof. He's gonna look lumpier than Murph. No, no. and he's gonna have all those great cartoon titty physics. I, I just did kidding, say, it's the wrong kind of cartoon. Yeah, I did say, or will have said... Wait, no, this is going up before Think Tank. Are you oh. getting a vision from the future? <laughs> <laughs> Chris is suddenly clairvoyant. Yeah, oh god. In a future episode we've already recorded, we discuss, you know, oh, maybe they could run into the Think Tank, since especially since they've already got uh, Jason... Jason Alexander. Alexander. Alexander on payroll as, the, uh, as Janeway's doctor. Oh, but, the Tellarite uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That was Jason Alexander? That's Jason Alexander. Yeah, he's the Tellarite doctor. sound anything like Jason Alexander. I have to pay more attention. But Apparently he's sounds... a good voice actor, So, because you can't tell. I, see, I, I had no idea. We can discuss this more towards the end, maybe, but it sounds like maybe the direction they're going with season two might not allow that. But yes, Bashir. Bashir as like a, an augment uh, role model could be good. Other, other existing sort of connections. I love that Akona showed up and was just a sh- muck yeah i kind of wish they used him more but also i bet you if they did they probably wouldn't have landed as interestingly like i i i was seriously expecting like a last minute popping up redemption moment for him and no none of that nope. that's like no th- he's a loser is... <laughs> and that's he's always great. been a loser he'll always be a loser that was with ponytail and everything <laughs> that was on yolo that was something that was exclusively for the adults and you know what i'm okay with it because fuck mm-hmm. that guy yeah and it's nice that the Rocketeer's getting a paycheck, even if it's just a little guest star one. Because that was actually him, right? Yeah, that yeah, was I Billy so, Campbell. Yeah. Good. Oh, God, you know what I almost completely forgot? Just talking about characters' backgrounds. And, of course, before he was slave laborer, Dahl was, like, some random Ferengi woman's... Oh, yeah. ...indentured servant. Yeah, I found that character really interesting. I can't remember the name now, but the 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 Ferengi captain female mm-hmm. um, with clothes with clothes uh oh, so, kids show. well obviously yes <laughs> but um, also this is a this is a post grand nagus uh and wrong world yeah 
but she i mean she's she wears clothes she captains a ship she knows the rules of acquisition and quotes them mm-hmm. which is uh all good stuff daimon nandi thank you thank you yeah yeah a daimon i like i wouldn't have expected a a female to have been able to achieve that so despite the fact that she's you know duplicitous and clearly not a great person good for her yeah we don't think she secretly has an extra pair of lobes under her bed for when she has to pretend to be a dude for the other dudes right maybe she TV used game. to she's actually pell <gasps> no no pell would never be a piece of shit no, pell a good girl it. sorry pell i didn't mean it okay here's a question then what did you guys think of rock's tragic backstory Oh, as the the sideshow, as the monster. Oh, that was yeah. so sad. I expected it to be way sadder, and that she actually got that night guy killed. That's what I expected was going to happen too. Mm. Would it That's... have been better? Because it's still pretty sad, but I feel like the way that she feel felt like so regretful of it, I thought it was it needed to be worse. I kind of wonder if that was maybe the original idea, but they were like, eh, kids show, kids show, kids show. Too far. Let's, let's scale it back. Does Disney own Nickelodeon? No. no well, no. then that's the only reason we didn't get a dead parent in that case. <laughs> uh, well, no, we, I mean, by the we end, the father is dead. Yeah, yeah, I just mean, like, I meant Diviner. in Rock's case. Well, okay, Gwen's But also sort what a of piece father. of shit that guy is, so. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't really talked about Gwen, have we? Gwen, Gwen and Adams, the, um, Vaughn Nakot. Yeah, thank you. Well, I had it written down, because I, I also ke- uh, kept forgetting. Yeah, no, I but, yeah. It's so fascinating that they clearly thought ahead for this show. And they had the whole storyline ready. They had the compelling uh, villain who has, Mm -hmm. like, a reason why he does the things he does, which is what you want in a villain. Thank God. (laughs) And it's a really interesting... It's something we've not seen before in Star Trek, where it was like, the Federation shows up and says, Sup, fuckers. But instead of people just being like, Yes! Or it being complicated like on Bajor but it actually like we saw Civil War almost break out on Bajor a couple times but here it actually did and it destroyed them because mm-hmm. Starfleet showed up waved their dick at them and then said all right see ya yeah it's like maybe check in on them on occasion you fuckers yeah and don't, I, you don't worry know, the- they will like in a Wrath of Khan amount of time <laughs> <laughs> and the time travel revenge plot is very Star Trek oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. add know. time travel and you've got aims all the way that's that's the one thing at the end that it's like, oh, I've got to be cross-eyed, because how does Gwen still exist? Well, it sounds like everybody still exists. There's like some kind of... I, I wasn't quite following it because it was too complicated, but somehow the protostar, when it detonated, yeah. opened up a wormhole to the future. But an alternate which, future. An alternate future where there's a different protostar that... With Chakotay and mm-hmm. presumably Hollow Janeway and presumably the Diviner and other people. Yeah, it, there's there's a there's some shenanigans that next season is gonna have to deal with. Yeah, because yeah, Chakotay was thrown into the future to begin with, but then the Protostar got thrown back into the past. It's kind of like it's like charting Back to the Future, where that at some point there's like three DeLoreans in 1955. <laughs> right. Yep. But yeah, that's and that's that's the thing that might slightly, you know, it sounds like for season two, we might be going to this alternate future, maybe. So it's it's a, it's a little vague what's going to be happening there mm-hmm. or what their ship's even going to be. Well, yeah, because, you know, they apparently they have a new protostar class that they're building. But Janeway's like, no, no, no. So I wonder if they're going to put them on a familiar ship like the Voyager or something like that. To go oh, maybe. I on mean, their mission. Discovery has already established there will be more Voyagers. Maybe we're getting Voyager A. Hmm. Or maybe it's just the original Voyager. We don't know. Could yeah, be. Yeah, could be. He's like, oh, we pulled it out of mothballs. Or uh, maybe a, a new improved Dauntless class. Yeah, so that was an interesting addition to the show, is the Dauntless class, which mm-hmm. you'll recall was the fake alien ship yep. that, what's his fuck? Uh, Ray Wise. To, <laughs> Ray Wise tricked... Uh, Voyager into into taking. So yeah, evidently, whatever the problem with quantum swip, strips, strips, sw- yeah, quantum slipstream is, that ship design apparently is specific- best for it. Is best for it, and uh, 
Yeah. And yeah. like ev- even down to like the details, like the bridge. Yeah. It was the same bridge. Didn't as- have to be. It didn't have to be. It could have been a more Starfleet bridge, but nope, nope. They just went with the with the one from from Voyager. Voyager was Janeway was like, I brought back these schematics. I like them. Just make them one one. Yeah. Except for the more uh, the, the 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 nacelles are more Protostar style. But it does so. Okay, so the Protostar itself, though, it's it's a really high powered, ultra fast warp drive. Mm-hmm. But we have quantum slipstream. Mm-hmm. Why bother with? Because the other thing about the about the protostar is it might be amazing, but similar to the uh, those oh we this won't have released yet either. But I was going to reference the <laughs> the thing Typical. that exp- Typical the us. Uh, the gas uh, that the that the, no, the on. But like the thing is, the consequence of a protostar warp core breach is large swaths of space are are yeah. disrupted and destroyed. Whereas, like, a normal ship, yeah, if the warp core breaches, the ship's destroyed, all hands are lost. But outside of that, everything's fine. Whereas the Protostar, it's like, yeah, no, no, we're going to, like, take out a star system if this thing goes. I feel like this drive was designed by a Romulan defector. Right? Because the Romulans run their (laughs) ships off of tiny black holes. Yeah! And this guy's like, let's run a ship off of a tiny star, which is absolute... A Protostar. Yeah. Does that mean it doesn't need to lithium? I mean, they also, they're not running off of the star all the time. No, that's true. No, they have a conventional a warp, warp drive, drive which like. must be using matter, radio, matter, blah, 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 but blah, this, blah. But this drive produces a lot more power, I guess? Something. But it seems like it's still just warp. Maybe it's akin to the enhanced warp drive we saw in Operation, no, Course Oblivion. Oh, yeah. Oh, but we Where never, but those people don't don't exist. No, but it could be something because they never got into it. It was just a quote unquote enhanced warp drive. So maybe it's like that. It's it's better warp somehow without being quantum slipstream or trans warp or. But if you have mushroom. quantum slipstream, it seems that seems good enough. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some. Maybe it's faster if they can get it to work right. Yeah, maybe there's certain places where quantum slipstream isn't very good. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe need it's it. less. Maybe it's less damaging than standard warp like maybe they won't do as mm. much damage to the surrounding space if they're using slipstream as opposed to uh mm. regular old warp yeah oh, maybe it's something they'll address at some point yeah it's also starfleet maybe they just did it for fucking shits yeah look we because found a new there. thing what was wrong with the old thing nothing yeah. but it's new <laughs> she's got a new hat <laughs> but yeah so sorry we, we ended up tangenting again and, and not getting as much into gwen and the diviner and all that as we wanted but yeah she's she's a she's a fun character like it was obvious she'd eventually, you know, join up with them properly, but they 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 took a little longer than I thought they would, which I appreciated. Them being the rest of the kids, not yeah, she being wasn't, the rest of the Vonicott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't immediately just like, yeah, this is never mind. This I'm with you guys. Like she had to kind of go through some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like when she stood up for the cute little baby Cation. I yeah. assume it's a Cation. Actually, That's no, they're in the Delta exactly. Quadrant, so they could be anything. I'm gonna yeah, say it's a Cation, but. I think I'm saying there's plenty of, you know, I mean, Medusans and Tellarites are Alpha Quadrant 2, so. Well, the Tellarites mm. had been on that sleeper ship for who knows how long. True. But still. It, but it, yeah, the, the, there's a cat person. <gasps> Needed more cat. Loved yeah, that cat. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. They spent a lot of time in the, in the first couple episodes with the cat, and then we never saw the cat again. Yeah. We saw a different cat. We saw a blue cat later. Mm. Yeah. Place needs more cats. <laughs> And we should have friggin' uh, linguist there, too. Oh, yeah. And it, and it comes up several times that it's yeah. useful for her to be a linguist. That's actually, I thought that was super clever, too, just being like making sure the prisoners can't talk to each other. It's like that's right. Yeah. yeah, why not? Shit. Yeah, that way they can't rise up. They can't, you know, ally together because they, they can't converse with each other. Yeah. I did love, because I, I went and rewatched the whole thing this past week, because of course I did. In one of the early episodes when they, actually at the half season finale, however you want to call that. Yeah. When they go back to, did I write it down? Somewhere? Oh, the planet there. Yeah. Tars Lamora. There we go. 
And there's those two guys and one, two, two random prisoners. And once they're able to start communicating again, they're not even paying attention to what Dahl is trying to make them do because they're like, oh, I could never talk to you before. No, yeah. I can. It's been so long. I've been trying to talk to you. And they're just the cutest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I believe at the time I was like, well, they're going to start dating. Yay. I ship them hard. Yep. Well, the other thing I want to bring up. So we have Hologram Janeway. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. The other major The other major member. character with some pretty good work from Kate Mulgrew. Every so often yeah. I'm like, she's in a room recording into a, into a microphone. But most of the time, especially when she and Dahl swap bodies. She does a good job. That was like the best Mulgrew action I've ever fucking heard. Mm. It was so it was funny. Really fun. I, 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 I said to Caitlin, I would give real money for them to uh, to get live action Mulgrew to do finger guns. <laughs> Yeah. And like, and it's interesting. So it's like, it's not just, it's, it's not just a hologram avatar that looks like. No, no. Janeway. It's actually like Janeway's brain. It's like they downloaded her her brain. Yeah. But she also knows she's a hologram. She's kind of like, like if Vic knew who he was based on. Yeah. Yeah. And had that person's personality and, and, you know, willingness to help people and stuff like that. And penchant for self-destructing starships. Oh, she loved it. It was her favorite fucking thing. See, that's that's the one thing. I, that's where I called bullshit. It's like when Dal, Dal was like, "Gonna blow up the ship," she gasped. I'm like, "Kitten, she should have been like, there's nothing else I can possibly teach you. You figured it out. You've you've, you've graduated from Janeway. You." <laughs> that, that was yeah, the but one. then, but then she, but then, like, yeah, she was briefly shocked. But then she's like, "Oh, wait a minute, I get Perfect. to blow up the ship." Yeah, finally, finally. Although really, that's the thing. they that's that was the one thing they reprogrammed the hologram to not be quite so blow up the ship happy, mm-hmm. yes. or at least to be less gleeful about it. Early early versions of the Janeway hologram just kept blowing shit up, and they're like, All right, we gotta, <laughs> "This is the one thing that can't be accurate." Hold on. <laughs> yeah, and that I, that see not maybe it's not the scene in which she goes and blows up. Although I did like "go fast," I thought that was a good catchphrase. Mm. Of the captain catchphrases, "go fast" is fine by me. Yeah, yeah. But watching the the crew reacting to the fact that is that she sends them a recorded message and they break to pieces. Mm. Like I I started tearing up both times I watched this thing. It was a well done scene. They did yeah, a great it job. It was very upsetting. Though I do want to know how the hell they survived a month in that thing. Don't think it had yeah. a replicator. I feel they like were... the, the last the the final episode I won't say I was disappointed, but I felt like it's implied that it's it's the part two, right? So yes. there's the, the it's, right. It's a part supernova two. part one and part two. And I felt like the supernova stuff was resolved within the first five minutes, and then the rest of the episode was like the aftermath. It's it's like how they kill the dragon at the top of the Hobbit three. <laughs> it's like a- oh god. Yeah, <laughs> See, but honestly, like I'm okay with that because I, I, you know, like it was nice to have an aftermath. It yeah, felt less like felt aftermath like, and more like denouement. Yeah, and I also setting up. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I, I could have used less of it overall. I think more, more in the battle. I don't know. I just felt like the episode kind of it was interesting, but but the majority of the episode should have been less less of that. It's like mm. it should have just been feature length. I'm gonna say feature length, even though I'm not sure that's the white word for it, because wasn't the premiere double length? I don't remember. It might have been. But it yeah, I think been. a double a double length like, would have would Yeah, have if it had just been one episode instead of part one and part two with a week between, it would have felt like a complete episode. It would just be yeah, you know, longer than point. the other ones. Yeah, I just I guess it's just where the split between the episodes is is kind of odd because it's there's like a cliffhanger and then they resolve the cliffhanger immediately. It's like it's like if in Best of Both Worlds Part Two, mm. Riker says fire and it works. Yeah. And they destroy the Borg ship. Yeah. And then the rest of the episode is everybody talking about Cleaning how Picard's dead. <laughs> I wonder yes. how much of the structure is a result of the fact that even though it's premiering here, it will eventually air on terrestrial network. Mm. With you Yeah. Know. Still, I think, though, one of the better put together two parters in Trek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Certainly true. one of the best first seasons we've ever seen of Trek. Oh, yeah, I would sure. I would go so far as to say that, like, possibly the best first season overall because also it's it's 20 episodes which yeah. we just don't have 
20 episode seasons. Yeah. Anymore. Like I would compare, I would try to compare it to Strange New Worlds, but there's not really comparing things to any of the new tricks because they're shorter and they have such a different tone, a different yeah. way that they're structured. Most of them are serial. This one's serial too. So it, it, it has that yeah. in common with the rest of the new, the, the currently running tracks. I would say there was, like I said, I think, the, I think the opening wasn't my favorite just because it just didn't quite pick up its trek legs yet and then there's one episode in particular in my memory that i was just like ugh. um we want to talk about that episode oh is it kobayashi <laughs> the the holodeck uh kobayashi maru episode yeah i don't want to go too far into specific episodes because you know one day we're actually going to cover these individually but yeah that was the one that i thought was the weakest of the bunch but the rest there were a lot of in the bunch that i really really liked yeah oh yeah, yeah. I think the one with the uh, again, it was kind of, it was kind of a referency episode, but it was it worked. Was the was the Enterpriseians? Oh yeah, um, all the world's a stage. Oh my god, fucking the, brilliant! Which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, and time I, amok. I'll also say one oh, like just really flat clever. out good trek. Not even good trek for a kids show. A good trek for today. Good trek. Yeah, really good use of like weird time shit. Yeah, uh, and original too. We've never seen that before. Yeah, the the Enterprisean thing there, like what was great about that was I remember seeing them in like the you know oh coming in second half of season one, and you could see them real quick in the trailer. And like oh man, they're gonna go to a planet that got gangster planeted, but with Starfleet. But holy fuck, I wasn't expecting the Shatner impression. Oh my <laughs> yes. god, it was so good. Uh, my fa- my favorite line though in that whole episode was when. The the Sulu guy mm. when he walks onto the bridge of the protostar goes, my my, I missed that. Yep, he said my my. Amazing. Like, that's that's great. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was um, that was astounding. That was fucking poor doomed ensign. What's his name? Oh, yeah. um, Gaparic. There we go. Yeah, it was, so was he an actual character he was. in TOS? He yeah, was. So apparently he was because I looked. I was like. Did they actually resurrect an actual guy? Because I looked up and um, Gaverick is the guy from Obsession who the cloud took a little bite of. Holy shit! Whose father, I guess, beforehand had been killed by one of those clouds. And then Kirk's like, ah, oh, your father, huh? Well, you'll come, you'll come down and, and take revenge with me, Kirk. Look at my pecs. Wow, that shit. What a deep cut. And they didn't have to slap you in the face with it either. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah, like you guys who didn't didn't remember who he was, and it's still a great episode. Yeah, 100%. I had no idea. Yeah, I was too busy going, oh, it's the Galileo 7, the most cursed fucking shuttle they own. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also thought the holodeck, man- holodeck malfunction episode toward the end was, clever, was pretty yeah. clever. With the they have to find the skeleton key, and then it yeah. turns out it's like on- it's like an onion, and there's just la- layers to this thing. It's also it's a, very a, clever. Yeah, yeah, a, a really good way to do a holodeck malfunction, mm. which again are also kind of easy to fuck up. Yeah, <clears> like <throat> we've seen tons of holodeck function malfunctions. We're going to see more. <laughs> I, I I know you're all surprised. We'll discuss them mm. when we get back to Voyager at some point. But yeah, this one was just a new kind of malfunction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- I'd also say like one of the things, like every so often, the animation was usually very good, especially yeah. with, with settings and aliens. And the only time I got a little taken out and it felt janky was a couple of the cutscenes with between like people talking Mm. felt like they were from a video game yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know what animation technology they're using but yeah it it had kind of a of a video gamey feel (laughs) not actual gameplay (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it felt like a cutscene from like i can't even think of a game fortnite or something (laughs) Mm. Uh, yes you know fortnite infamous for its (laughs) cutscenes well i don't know man they have a lot of like I'm just, I'm just being a dink. But they do, they have done like a lot of cinematic trailers in engine to announce, excuse me, new seasons and such. So. Right, there you well, go. There you That's go. what I'm talking about. Yeah, That's what I meant. Clearly. But yeah, I suppose it's kind of like, you know, they, they can get away with it with the leads more because since they're aliens, you know, those right. little things we subconsciously pick up on as not being quite right aren't there to worry about. But also since they're kids, now mm. kid characters and most of these characters, they have like different proportions 
Like yeah. they have much bigger eyes, especially Gwyn. Gwyn's eyes are huge. Yeah. You can be way more expressive with big features. True, true. And so I think why... that makes it a little easier than when, say, Jellico, who it's always great to see Jellico. Fucking Jellico. But whenever he had delivered lines, it's like it, I could tell that the shape of him is not like the the kind of thing that works for this animation style. Or like yeah. the flashbacks and seeing Chakotay, and it's like great Robert yeah. Beltran, yay, good for him. Oh yeah, he doesn't. They didn't do a good job with him. I feel it doesn't look anything he like him in weird. my yeah. opinion. And yet Janeway looks great. Yes, she yeah. does. Yeah, they took time. They took time to get Janeway right. That was. That and maybe was... they'll take more time for Chakotay when he's not just a flashback. Right. Yeah. I hope so. I uh, that was you know a big turning point for me because they were you know fine after so much radio silence on the on Prodigy. That I was thinking, maybe fingers crossed, they've just decided not to bother. Hmm. And then they were like, "Hey, remember that kid show you were afraid of? Oh, fuck yes!" <laughs> and they're like, "Here's some stuff." I'm like, "Great, whatever." And they're like, "And oh, by the way, here's Kate Mulgrew as a hologram of Janeway." I, sorry, what? And that's when I was kind of like, "All right, you've kind of got my attention now." Emergency um, Mulgrew hologram. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I need which, one of those. Which uh, you know, a little more human interface friendly i can pretend to drink coffee <laughs> yes that was very it good. does it does have the stomach for it does yeah. anyone need more memes of janeway drinking coffee we have some for you so many yo dog i heard you liked janeway drinking coffee memes oh i do <laughs> and when when doll as janeway drinks the coffee how does she drink this stuff <laughs> very funny very yeah. very funny Oh, God. The thing that was deeply creepy in that episode was uh, Janeway not knowing how to keep his head tail from wiggling around. Mm. I was like, ah, oh, God, I know it's prehensile, but ugh, she's moving it so much. Is it prehensile? Oh, yeah. Has he it done things like it. with it? No. Does he grip stuff with it? No, I don't think it's strong enough to really do anything with, but that, that's uh, like one of the first signs it's not him in there is like, it just starts. Well, I, I believe prehensile does doesn't do, prehensile just means like controllable, doesn't it? That was what I thought. Oh, I thought but, prehensile meant you could manipulate things with it. Wait a minute. Let's find. Let's, let's ask find out. Do it's it. movable either because way. I think there's a different like a cat's tail they can move about, but I wouldn't call it prehensile. Uh, mm. Oh, prehensile actually means capable of grasping. Aha. Okay, so oh. it's not prehensile. It is movable. Yay! And she doesn't know how to keep it from wiggling. At one point, she even smacks it out of her face, their yeah. face. Uh, that's the one thing that 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 weird little rat tail thing feels very nineties. <laughs> oh, okay, I can see that. Everybody I mean, he's knew somebody purple. with a rat tail in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. He's also purple, which is just like you know, he's a Lisa Frank binder. <laughs> the last thing I found in my notes that I thought was a great touch. So you know how normally, supposedly, all of Star Trek usually has like a science consultant for any of their more sciencey science. Mm-hmm. So the um, the astrophysicist Erin McDonald was the science consultant for this show, but they mainly had her make sure that they were advocating for STEM education for kids. So oh, she nice. had to make sure she was looking at it from a from the point of view of will kids understand this does it make sense you know scientifically obviously and also like is this the kind of stuff that makes kids interested in science and watching rock oh, like yeah. go through all the sciences wait there's more than one science of course here's all the sciences and look how much you love science it's like good keep it wait, up Aaron mcdonald I, I love the line there's more than one science just because i feel like i've talked about this on the podcast but one thing i've seriously said certainly said before is like it's amazing how much in pop culture if like if a character is a scientist they oh, just right, right. know all science. And I feel like a lot of perception of of certain public figures, uh, not naming names Elon Musk, comes <laughs> from the fact that people think, oh, yes, scientists know science. It's like, no, the motherfucker knows coding and that's it. Now, a mad um, scientist, on the other hand, they just know all science. Yes. So it was nice to see this sort of, dis especially, again, even in Star Trek, like, Spock is the chief science officer, which like, yeah, sure, you have someone that all the science departments reports to in a bureaucratic sense. But we actually don't know what Spock's area of expertise is. It's never stated. I always assumed it was astrophysics, but I don't know if I don't know if there's a reason why I think that. Yeah, you know, it's they, they never really he was just the chief scientist, which again makes sense. You have someone all the scientists report to. They should also be a scientist of some kind, but 
we we never actually know his. Be- of course, he's also a Vulcan. They actually do just all know all science. Is the <laughs> yes, fucking problem. I was gonna say. But that's good. Yeah, I like, like that. That's that's a good uh, a good aspect of it. There's a joke at the Vulcan Science Academy. You ask a student what their major is. They say yes. Ah, that's good. <laughs> like that's that. good. Uh, trying to think of something else. I kind of had floating in my noodle. Yeah, I think the last thing in my list of various, various entirely random notes, they have a vehicle replicator, which explains yeah. a lot of Voyager. <laughs> See, retroactively made that make sense. Yep. Yep. We oh, always we had them. Wink, wink. <laughs> we have an answer. They call it standard. Oh, the language. Yeah, the That's language. true. Um, yep. That's interesting, because, yeah, well, I noticed early in the... I had I made a note, and then I crossed it out when I realized, oh, this gets answered. Why... Like, what language does Dahl speak that no one else in the Delta Quadrant except Gwen now can speak? Mm. Because there are puns that he says, or, or puns that, you know, come out of his his uh, lines that only work in English. Like the yeah. G, like the sun sun thing from fucking Bread and Circuses. Um, but whenever he and Gwen are talking about how they're in cat boots, <laughs> which was funny once, and then stupid, and then stupid, and then the stupid, and then cute. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, um, fuckers. And I thought, oh, well, it's because he's actually speaking standard, which is Janeway's language. Yeah. Which is presumably English. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, and just bringing back that thing from fucking season two of Discovery, where apparently crews are all speaking whatever. Yeah. Because yep. they got the translators. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, another cool uh, little tidbit I wanted to mention. Uh, vindication for Ames. She got some... Uh, what did I do? Well, so when you did your uh, Prime Directive blog post, some of the comments were uninformed people saying, well, the, the Prime Directive only it only applies to pre-warp civilization. Good impression, uh, Jake. Yes, that's exactly what they sounded like. <laughs> um, and we now have an on-screen Prime Directive. They show it in the episode. And it talks about there being, there's two sections. The first section. You gotta find the screen grab now and share it. Dang it. Well, yeah. The first <laughs> section episode was it talks about pre-warp, so, you know, civilizations that have not achieved a, a requisite level of technology. Section two deals with everybody else. It applies. Applies to both. Yep. Yep. You can't just put your, right over their culture with your culture. That's how Prime Directive works. Yes. Eddington would take some, uh, uh, what's the word? Umbridge? Umbridge with that. In what way? Concerned, they do overwrite cultures all the damn time. <laughs> yes. And you got to kind of question, is he entirely wrong? Mm. It's like once you join the Federation, well, the Prime Directive doesn't apply to you anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think, so... I think that one, the one thing, and I wouldn't have expected this show to really deal with it, obviously, that there is a lot of Starfleet fellating in this show. That's true. (laughs) Where, like, Starfleet is really held up as, like, the ideal, which, again, is kind of classic Star Trek, because that's what they did on, you know, TOS and TNG, largely. And so, yeah, it is very, it's interesting to see, you know, these kids that are really just swallowing the, the propaganda. That the that the Janeway hologram is is giving them about how how wonderful Starfleet is, but I I do wonder uh, if we will see any of the other side of that at all. Yeah, I see, wouldn't expect wait for it season in a two. Kid show, so yeah, season we'll two, see. like it's all it's opening up that you know some of these characters are going to be in trainings for things and they're going to get to witness it firsthand. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they have a that Jellico uh, <laughs> is a character. Makes me think that hmm, maybe we are going to see some other sides of things. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Jake. Jellico is the best. No, he's great. He's great, but he's a he's a hard ass. Uh, he's definitely a hard ass. So we'll see. And he's Janeway's boss, apparently. Mm. Uh, that that was a good get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for Ronnie Cox. Yeah. Oh yeah. He actually apparently said in an interview he feels he that of course Jellico was the finest captain the Enterprise has ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. He yeah, gets he's got to be what in his eighties. He's got to be right. that's up an excellent there by question. Now. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he was middle aged in RoboCop. Yeah, I was gonna say he's always looked that age. Ronnie, oh my, he's eighty four. Wow. Yeah. Damn, he still looks good. Sounds good. Some people, you know, get a little older and their voice kind of goes to shit, but he sounds exactly the same. 
Speaking of sounding the exact exactly the same, we're gonna be back <laughs> next week. What well, is Angelico? Thank you for for taking this break to watch Prodigy with us. Uh, go back and rewatch it. It's pretty qu- pretty quick because they're all short episodes. And wait for season two with us. We'll 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 keep you apprised. No, are we definitely getting give a shit. season two? I fucking yeah. We better be. I just wanted pretty to make sure. sure. Well, then that means the kids are somebody's definitely watching it. I don't feel like they'd order more if mm. you know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely like. I don't know. I, I got to rewatch season one of Stranger Worlds and decide which is is my favorite Paramount Plus track. It's one mm-hmm. of those two. For me, it's definitely Prodigy. Yeah, Stranger I think it's for Worlds me. It's was Prodigy fine, too. but it had some flaws. You know what it is? It's it's the same thing when we talked about season one or um, our our series wrap of uh, TOS and mm. how much we liked for the world is hollow and I've touched the sky. Mm. Because it came out of fucking nowhere, and we did, we never expected this episode. Like, I did not expect to like Prodigy, and that makes me like it more because fair. it it surprised me. No, that's fair. That's I fair. expected Strange New Worlds would be would be good, and it's good. So mm. it's basically at its bar at the bar I was expecting it to be at. Sure. Whilst this one leapt over it and then did several flips. Yep. Which, unfortunately for it, means it's now going to have very high expectations for its second season. Exactly, yeah. So what is Jake doing? What? Jake's just making faces into the Zoom. Jake, Jake yes. is channeling Jacob. Ah. That's right. Anyway, continuing yes. to wrap, the, wrap this whole thing up. As we alluded to, we're going to be having more Voyager on the wing. So make, make sure you join us for, ne- for that next week. Uh, what are the episodes next week? Since we're doing, we're recording this out of order, if it wasn't obvious. Next week, the episodes are going to be The Fight and Think Tank. So listen to our opinions on that. Little birdies tell me, little birdies from the past, because this has already happened, tell me uh, we're going to have a guest star. So that's exciting. Yay. What else? The end. <laughs> we, ne- we, never, we never introduced ourselves at the top of this thing. Oh, so y'all have, been, y'all have been confused and assuming this was Jake, but this is actually Ames. This is Caitlin. Oh, this is Jake. Wait. And, and this is always Murph. I mean, Chris. That's my Murph. Thanks. This is a good Murph.